Hey mamas, welcome to Christian Mom Uncensored, the podcast that's raw, real, and unfiltered, getting down into the nitty gritty of motherhood. Yeah, we get down and dirty talking about marriage, life, love, relationships, and of course, raising these babies. Join me as we chat about all things motherhood. Welcome to Christian Mom Uncensored. Welcome back to another episode of Christian Mom Uncensored. I have been MIA. <laughs> oh my gosh, guys. I just severely underestimated how crazy like the back to school schedule is, plus the work schedule, plus basketball season schedule. Like, I don't even know, but let's catch up and chat because it's just the life is lifing. So we are in full swing in my house where um, I'm working, Ethan's working, the kids are in school, it's basketball season, which means like basketball meetings and coach meetings, and it just comes with a lot. And what I have to say is that to, to the partners that support their partners, we're doing the darn thing. The other night, like I don't take my husband for granted anymore, so... All summer, obviously, basketball season wasn't a thing. Um, We had a couple of meetings here and there. For you guys that don't know, my husband is like the um, program director for a a basketball league, so to speak. And so, you know, during the summer, we were coasting. And yeah, Ethan had to work, but I was on maternity leave. And then I started back at work, but the kids were still at home. So it wasn't like managing them getting to school and then like okay now I'm at work Ethan's at work and the kids are in school and now I'm at work Ethan's at work the kids are in school and it's basketball season and I feel like it just gets more and more chaotic and so the other night was like one of the first nights that I had the kids by myself myself for bedtime and so Typically, we are a divide and conquer kind of bedtime routine. Sometimes I'll give the kids a bath and Ethan will clean up dinner. Sometimes Ethan will um, give the kids a bath and I'll be like cleaning up, you know, the living room and stuff from the day. Like we are a divide and conquer in the evening kind of team. But this other night he had to go um, about 45 minutes away, which is where his league is based out of, to, 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 to go to a meeting. This was a big meeting. And so sometimes like he doesn't go to every single meeting because they're not all necessary. It's not all like always necessary that he goes, but there are frequent meetings. There's like an overall program director meeting and then there's like smaller meetings. And so he has to be at all these different types of meetings anyway for basketball. And then eventually it's going to be like coaches and meeting with the coaches and meeting with the referees. It's just like there's so much that goes behind the scenes when your kids sign up for sports that you may or may not know about. And I'll tell you, it's a lot being a wife out here that's supporting her man running this thing. So anyway, typically Ethan does put the kids to bed. Okay. I always put the baby to bed. And because of our new schedule like before Rafi would sleep that's the baby Rafi would sleep until like eight o'clock most days like eight o'clock in the morning or like seven o'clock in the morning he would sleep, like wake up between seven and eight he would go to bed around eight o'clock wake up around seven eight so everything kind of shifted a little bit once school became back into session and I was at work because now I have to like get up at a specific time And so, um, 
he's also older now and so I feel like with newborns and with like little infants it's kind of easy they like sleep better like once they become more alert and their sleep cycles change like they they wake up easier and they have to like learn to go back to sleep and now he's like rolling around and scooting around all on the floor like he's so mobile now I'm not quite crawling or anything but like he can like turn his whole body around and he's scooting and it's so cute and it makes me so happy yet so sad because like now we have to baby proof everything but anyway so I normally put the baby to sleep because of our work schedule and like life I get up anywhere between 5 a.m and like 6 a.m but normally I'm up before 6 a.m normally I'm on my computer at 6 so normally like sometime you know five something on days I go into the office it's like 4 30 4 45 but anyway so I get up early whenever I get up which is so bizarre because I'll say this if I go up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night the baby doesn't necessarily wake up if I get up to get up for the day he inevitably wakes up and so I'll get up and I'll feed him and um try to put him back to sleep and then get out of bed and go ahead and like shower or get dressed and like you know lay out the kids clothes in the living room um we don't function in a place where it's like we go to their rooms and like everyone gets dressed now everyone like eats breakfast and gets dressed in the little in the living room i have a small coffee table and like small kid chairs and they will come downstairs and sit in the living room and that's like our command center and so um Anyway, so long story short is that because Raphael is waking up earlier and now he's waking up around six, sometimes 530, you know, sometimes he'll wake up at seven. It just like depends on what's happening. Um, and in the morning, I don't always have the time to put him back to sleep. And so a lot of times, like if he's up and it's six o'clock, he's going to have to stay up because I have to go on and um do the rest of my morning. I have to make breakfast and make sure, you know, I signed everything that's in the backpacks and I realized that I could have a better night routine. But at the end of the day, I'm so tired that I'm like, I'll just do it in the morning. And so where I'm falling short, and I feel like some of y'all can relate, is like setting myself up for success at night. I'll set myself up for moderate success, but not like absolute success. Like if I packed the lunch, Mia's lunch, filled up her water, signed all her paperwork, laid out her clothes in the living room, you know, had an idea of what I was making for breakfast, that would really set me up for success. And I'm going to try to do that next week and just see if my mornings run smoother. So long story short, um, Ethan normally puts the big kids to bed. I normally put the little kids to bed. And that is typically how we operate. Um, and so I... His meeting was Tuesday night at 7.30. And so that is right around the time the baby goes to bed. He gets sleepy at 7.30. Um, he starts getting fussy. Like around 7.30 is when he likes to go to bed. And depending on what's going on, it doesn't always happen. But that's like his preferred bedtime. Um, and I'm one of those mamas that like nurses him to sleep and then lays him down. And then I finally can like wiggle out and like get up and do whatever else I need to do in the evening. Um, normally I go to bed when he goes to bed, as in like I get in bed and I'm in bed for the night as well. And I'll like watch a show on my phone, catch up, you know, on TikTok. But I'm going to start to reshape my routine. And I'm going to talk about that later, um, later on. So 
7.30 is late for a meeting to start, but in reality, people have jobs, people have kids, like you got to get home, do dinner, um, pick up your kids, whatever. And so it's a realistic start time for these meetings. So if anyone has kids that are, like I said, in sports, just remember there's a whole team of people making it happen in the background, right? And so um, if you're not one of those people, and, and we are one of those people, and I say we because even though I'm not super actively involved with it, I am the person that does create like some of the, the flyers and the some information and things like that. Um, but anyway, so I was in charge of putting all of the kids to bed. And so that night we had kind of agreed not to do a bath, like we were going to like wipe them down, whatever, whatever. Um, But nope, I put them in the bath because honestly, bath time, although it can be like a little hectic, like I have three kids, right? So it's like put the big two in the bath, you know, entertain the baby, take one out the bath then get them dressed, take the other out of the bath, get them dressed. Um, It is a good time passer upper, right? So like the evenings are typically hard. Um, everyone's a little bit cranky. And so I, I do like to put them in the bath mostly every night. Um, except for the baby, he doesn't take a bath every night, but he does take a bath a couple times a week. Um, cause I just don't want to dry his skin out and he's home all day. So there it's no, there's no reason for him to actually have a bath. I think that would be bad for him actually at this point, as much as he loves it. And so, um, anyway, So let me tell you the tale of putting these two to bed. Okay, so I'm just going to be real. Um, My kids are not the best kids at going to bed. I don't don't, want to say it like that. My kids are great kids. They're they're amazing, smart kids. But I have never done any sort of sleep training. Um, That's a personal preference. It's just not my jam. Um... So my kids naturally have not been trained on how to go to sleep. Now, they do have a routine with their dad, and they do lay down, and they do go to sleep, but they do still like to be together, Um, especially Elliot. Mia is at the point now, she's five, right? Um, She will go to sleep in her room, in her bed, but she wants you to, like, kind of sit with her until she she goes down. She she doesn't... um, like to go to bed by herself but I'll also say it's hit or miss there have been times Mia has said I'm tired and has gone up to her bed and went to sleep so it really just depends on her mood Elliot on the other hand he needs you to lay down with him rub his back you know do whatever to go to sleep and I know Ethan doesn't like rub his back and all that but when I'm with him he's like mommy rub his my back and I rub his back so anyway preface that that my kids you know all of them have been co-sleeping since like at least um when they were little like from the time they were babies and including the baby and now Elliot and Mia don't co-sleep with me but they kind of like co-sleep with each other um I talked about before how they kind of like to do these basement campouts where like they'll go downstairs they'll sleep on the air mattress um Ethan will sleep downstairs in the basement with them sometimes in like or most of the time and um they like to do these basement sleepouts, sleepovers where they can be together. Um, sometimes, though, Mia will sleep in her own bed and will try to put Elliot to bed and it doesn't work. Long story short is I was not sure how I was going to put these kids to bed um, at all. I had no idea on, like, what I was going to do. And so I... Um, told me to like lay in her bed and so like I give them their bath um then they had climbed into bed at this point Rafi's crying it's eight o'clock he wants to be asleep and I have to get him to sleep 
Um, Mia is laying in her bed. She's watching one of her little YouTube shows. Um, and Elliot is now climbing into my bed and he is, um, watching like super kiddies or something on the TV. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to feed Rafi and then I'll focus on putting you to sleep because I know as soon as I feed the baby, he's going to be out. So I'm in the bed with the baby feeding him. Elliot's next to me watching super kiddies. Mia's in her room watching the iPad. I know you really shouldn't watch anything before bed, but this was survival mode by myself. And so that was that. Um, what happened next is that it gets to the point where I'm looking at the clock and I really like them to be asleep by 8.30. And so I'm like, okay, guys, we really have to go to bed. I go take the iPad from Mia. Um, I'm trying to turn off Super Kitties for Elliot and he is freaking out. So he's screaming like, no, I want to watch this. I want to watch this. Mia's like, I'm scared. And so I end up having Mia come into the bedroom and I'm like, well, you can lay in here and try and sleep. And then when daddy gets home, I'll have him, you know, move you back to your room and then you can go to bed. Ethan doesn't get home until like 9.30 or something that night, by the way. And so, which is late, late for my kids. And so I end up having Elliot next to me in the bed, Rafi in my arms in the bed. And then Mia is stretched at the foot of the bed, like laying horizontal. So like she has a pillow and she's just like laying across the, the foot of the bed. And so we're all in the bed and I'm trying to get them to go to sleep. And so something that Ethan has kind of done with them before is he'll turn on bedtime stories on YouTube. He normally does read them a book, but like, um, after bath time, they'll come downstairs, have a snack and watch a bedtime story on YouTube and then read a book and go to bed. That's kind of like their routine. Meanwhile, I'm upstairs feeding the baby. So I turn on the bedtime stories and I'm like, this is what we're going to have to do guys. Like I can't read a book right now. Like Rafi's asleep in my arms, like all this other stuff. Um, and so I, they, they, they don't care. They're like talking, they're giggling, they're watching this. It's called like cloud babies or something. They're trying to watch these bedtime stories. They're not going to bed. So finally I'm like, okay guys, it's getting late. I'm going to turn off the TV and we're going to go to sleep. They're all, they get all upset. Like, no, I want stories. I want stories. I want stories. I switch the TV onto like a dark. It's like, if you go to YouTube and search like baby lullabies, it's like these fish and then it slowly darkens. And so then the screen's mostly black, but it's still playing lullabies and there's these fish swimming. So I switched to that. That's something they all watched as babies or not watched as babies, but like had on. I like when I put the kids to bed back in the day, I would turn that on as like the lullabies in the background then the, the screen would darken and then my TV would go off with the timer and like then they would be asleep. So anyway, they won't go to bed. And so I am now going to tell them bedtime stories. And I'm like, you know what? What's kind of fun is like when you make up stories. And so I'm like, once upon a time, there was a fish and then like Mia took over and then she's like, okay, okay, okay. And she, she goes on to tell the story about all these little fish. There's mommy fish, daddy fish, and then there's three baby fish. And she was telling the story. So then finally I'm like, okay, Mia, cause she keeps telling stories and she's so excited and it's so cute, but I'm like, you have to go to bed. And so now she's laying down because before when she was telling the story, she kept sitting up and I'm like, lay down. I'm like, I'm going to tell the story. So I make up these Harry Potter stories, right? And these stories are like, they're into it. Like, I didn't think the kids, like Elliot's three, like, you know, his birthday, the 21st is the 22nd. I mean, my anniversary is 21st, October. And so he's basically three. And I was surprised at like how well he listened. And he thought it was funny and I'm doing voices and like animations and I'm getting into the story and they won't go to bed. 
So then finally I call Ethan and I'm like, where are you? Because these kids won't go to bed and I don't know what else to do. Like I could just tell everyone to be quiet, but then they keep sitting up and giggling and looking at each other. And it's just like a party in the bedroom. Long story short, they didn't go to bed until Ethan got home. I don't know how he got them to go to sleep. At that point, they were tired. Oh, and then at some point, it's like 9 o'clock, right? So I gave them options to have a snack. Mia went down. She got her snack. They brushed their teeth. Elliot did not want a snack at that time. I guess he was still full from dinner. But now it's 9 o'clock, and Elliot looks at me, and he's like, I'm hungry. I want rice. And I'm like, rice? And Elliot's favorite food is rice. And so I'm like, one of his three favorite foods is rice. And I'm like, um... I'm not making rice right now. It's like nine o'clock at night. We're going to bed. Like I can give you a cup of milk and like I'm trying to give him like something small in my head. Like would you like a string cheese? Like would you want an applesauce? Would you like a, you know, like a cup of milk? Like we're not, I'm not making rice right now. You can have rice for lunch tomorrow and like all this other stuff. And so I don't, I don't know how to put my kids to bed. Long story short is I have no idea how to put them to bed unless I'm nursing them and I know what to do. Like I feed them and they fall asleep. Um, and no, I don't want any, um, sleep training advice because, I mean, you can send me some if you have some, I'm not, that sounded kind of rude. Like I don't want any sleep training advice. I'm just not into the traditional sleep training. I'll say that, um, as a nanny, I did that for a couple of kids and it worked, but it was not my cup of tea. And, um, yeah, speaking of that, I was talking with my mom friend the other day and you know how I was like parents, we take parts of our upbringing and like how our parents raised us and we either decide to include it or exclude it from our parenting styles and we kind of evolve. So I look at the generations of my family, like from my grandparents down to me and my kids. And, um, you know, my grandparents raised my parents and my parents raised me and now I'm raising my kids. And we all have very different styles. My grandparents were very strict with my mom and my aunt. My mom was on the flip side, not very strict at all. And then you come down to me and I'm also not really strict, but want to like have a little bit more, you know, certain expectations and things. But where I struggle parenting wise is we live in this age of like conscious parenting and gentle parenting, but then in parenting with understanding. And I think all of that's important. But I also look at Gen Z's and this is not like a shot or an attack at Gen Z's. I'm a millennial. And so um, my mom is a Gen X. My grandparents are boomers. All very different worlds that we grew in, very different markets. Housing market's insane right now. Um, Prices are insane right now. Very different um, realizations. Like as 30-year-olds, I have friends that still live at home and are, you know, in their 30s. I have friends that you know, just, just moved out on their own. Um, there's me and, you know, I'm, I, I'm out, I've been out since college. Cause you know, once I graduated, I wasn't going back home. Um, I was grown, grown then in my head and I was not going to go live at home and I was going to make it work. But I also had Ethan who at the time was my fiance. And so my life was just really different. But, um, what I notice as myself as a millennial is I feel like millennials were like kind of downtrodden, like we're kind of stressed out, we're kind of tired, we kind of just want the market to shift, we kind of like we're told if you go to college, you know, you'll get a good job, and that's not true. And now we have student loans, and some of us do or don't have good jobs. And then Gen Z comes along, and they're all bloggers and Instagram, not even Instagrammers, TikTokers, and they're on threads. Um, 
and they are self-help gurus, right? And like that, they, those are those people, like they refuse to work in toxic environments. And I'm just wondering like who raised them because my mom raised me and then she also raised my sister who's Gen Z. And I would say we definitely had different upbringings. My mom was a little more strict with me, I think not like insanely, but just like I was the first kid. And as any parent knows, you really grow up with your first child, like your first child is the one who like you learn how to parent and you learn what it's like to be a parent. And so, and honestly, when it comes to like kids, having kids and raising kids and doing things with kids, um, it's hard to know what's right and what's wrong and like what, what you want to instill in them, um, what you don't want to instill. Am I harming my child by being so gentle with them that they can't handle when somebody else is not gentle with them, right? Like, am I being mean? You know, is it bad if I raise my voice, you know? Or, you know, obviously we all raise our voices at some point. Like, don't tell me that you've never raised your voice at your kid. We all have gotten to like the breaking point um, or have had to get stern, you know, when they're not listening. It's hard to figure it out. And then when your kid has a problem, you kind of look back at your parenting and go, did I create this problem? And um, honestly, my kids don't really have any severe problems, but they are kids. And so Elliot does still have tantrums. Mia does get upset and can get sassy. She doesn't do it as much to her dad, but she does. He nips it in the bud. She does it to me and I try to nip it in the bud and then she gets whiny and crying. And so it's just like this whole journey of raising little kids and little people and it's exhausting and I need a vacation and I really need an adult bonfire with some friends or something. Like I just need to be, I don't know why I said bonfire. I meant like fire pit, but you know, I just need like some adult time. And um, I'm in a season of life where Raphael will be six months old by the time you listen to this podcast. And he'll just barely, he's just barely begun eating food. I'm a baby led wiener. So like, that sounds weird. I'm a baby led wiener. I, I do baby led weaning. Um, but also I, I still incorporate purees and like mushy food. I will mash up avocado and, and give that to him. I will um, bake a sweet potato and mash that up and give it to him. I will also give him, you know, like a jar of pears. I do that sometimes too. Um, when I'm feeding him, because I've learned that babies can get constipated when they first start eating food, um, or if they're doing oatmeal or anything like that. And, um, no, you should never put oatmeal in a baby bottle. I don't care how many generations have done it. I'm not going to judge you if you do it, but I remember my mom was like, oh, you can start putting oatmeal in their bottles. No, I cannot. That's not safe. I'm not practicing that. And I really only like to give my kids food that have nutritional value as babies when they're first starting out. If you think they've only had breast milk, super nutrition, I want to continue that on with their food. Um, now, don't don't come for me. Elliot was eating Oreos this morning, um, but that's n- neither here or there. Um, he had this baby led weaning lifestyle as well. And so Rafi's going to have it too. Um, but uh, Raphael's at the point where like I can leave him and he doesn't need to eat for like two hours and, or, you know, even three hours, but like, I usually come back after two hours just to see if he's hungry. Um, he could eat some baby food now. And as he gets acclimated and really starts eating, my freedom's going to slowly start coming back. But I'm at the point where like, I can't be out for long. I can't go away for long. And that's really um, hard and challenging. 
Because, like, as a newborn or as a little baby, he took a bottle. You know, I could be gone for four hours at a time. I could get a good break. I haven't had that long of a break in a long time. Like, the longest I've been gone is two hours at this point. And so, as you can imagine, I'm, like, craving adult time. So, as you all know, I said this has been, like, one of the hardest years for me. And I honestly think it's just a myriad of things that has made it just a little bit difficult. My impatience with where I want to be in life. Um the adjustment with schedule and working kids, it's all just been hard. But as even though it's been hard, I've been kind of noticing things and um, seeing some different things that continue to give me hope in a hard season. Um, Rafi's strapped to me on in the baby wrap. If you hear him like snoring, he's sleeping. But um, I want to talk about waiting. And so I was really frustrated on Monday um, because of work, to be honest, um, and career. And I definitely want to pivot my career and do something else and do something different and work for myself and do all the things that everyone aspires to do, right? Um, or a lot of people aspire to do. And I'm sitting here and I'm thinking like, you know, I'm good at what I do, Um but this isn't what I feel like is my life's work or my life's calling or things like that. And I've, you know, since Mia was born, so for five years, have been praying about being in a different place in a new direction. And some of the prayers that I prayed five years ago have come true and others haven't. Some have come true in weird ways and in ways that aren't the way I exactly pictured it, but it still works out. Um, and so... I was thinking about like how hard it has to be for people who are in seasons of waiting, whether you're waiting to find your partner and get married, whether you're waiting um, to buy your forever home, whether you're waiting um, for to have a baby, whether you're waiting, you know, on on health results, like waiting is hard. Um, And even though, you know, I'm in a position that you know, I'm more fortunate than some, not as fortunate as others, right in the middle, middle class kind of lady doing my thing. It's hard to wait, um, especially when it's been years and years and years of belief, right? And so when it comes to like being a person of faith, it's easy to praise God, to love God, to feel good, to share the gospel when things are happening, when dreams are coming true, when, um, you know, the good is going on. It's a lot harder to do when you're in a hard place or in a hard season. Um, Because you almost have to preach to yourself. And um, there's been so many times throughout this year where I've been like, God, are you here? Do you hear me? Am I talking to myself? Um, Could you just show me you're here? And on Monday, I mean, God did show me that he was here after I threw a whole temper tantrum and was just like, are you here? Do you hear me? Like, I'm so stressed out. I I just want to be doing something different. I feel like I'm not being a good mom because I'm stressed at work. And the reason why I want to work for myself and switch careers is I think everything is tied in together. And the reality is that some of us are fortunate to stay home and be stay at home moms. That doesn't mean it's easy. It's extremely difficult. Um, And some of us are fortunate enough to have a job and go to work. It doesn't mean it's easy. Um, It could be difficult. And I realized that for me as a person, as much as I would want to be a stay-at-home mom, I'm more like a work-from-home mom because I need um, 
a place to a, a place to put my identity outside of motherhood and even if it's not work it's like passion projects creativity um content things like that is like where my energy goes when I have extra energy to to spend and I my bank has been empty so my energy content has kind of slowed down it's coming back shortly um but I was feeling really frustrated and then I listened to a a a church service that I hadn't planned on listening to that morning I actually had planned on you know, logging on to work and listening to my favorite podcast to get some laughs because I was stressed out. But I decided, no, let me go ahead and switch to church. And when I did, the message was for me. And I'm thankful for it because I was like, okay, God, you do hear me cry. And the gist of the message is that like, you're in the place you're supposed to be in right now. That doesn't mean that if you have dreams or goals or desires for different things maybe you want to be married right now maybe you want to have a baby right now and that's a hard touchy subject um because I've had friends and I know people who have gone through infertility and that's probably the most one of the most heartbreaking um experiences um or if you're like me where you know I'm in a season of what I feel like I've been waiting for five years of waiting um you're in the place you're supposed to be right now and then I was also looking at um I was just seeing all these confirmations of like, do the work that you're called to do right now and do it well, despite what it is, despite the fact it's not the dream yet. Because yes, when I work for myself one day, right, and I am doing the dream one day, it's going to be great to wake up and um, do what I love to do. It doesn't mean it's going to always be easy to wake up, right? Like inevitably, there'll still be struggles, but it'll feel sweeter, right? And But in the meantime, in the place of waiting, wait well and it's very hard for us to have patience and to wait well think about kids on christmas morning they know a really big present is right under that tree they know something good is wrapped up right in front of them they know they're about to get something they've been desiring right they they made their list they asked for it and asked for it and asked for it they believed in santa if your guys do santa and they've been waiting They've been waiting and they've been looking at this present under the tree, knowing Christmas is coming. But you see, little kids have a weird or or different concept of time. So for us, Christmas could be next week. What does that mean to them? When they're little, little, like if I told Mia, Mia's five, Christmas is next week. She knows what next week is. But even though she knows the days of the week, she doesn't necessarily comprehend like that length of time and how that feels. And so I think that oftentimes, you know, the, the desires we have are just like those Christmas presents under the tree. We know what we've asked for, right? We have, and if you're someone like me who like believes in praying for what you want, believes in manifesting and speaking over what you want, um, people want to like knock manifesting because they're like, oh my gosh, no, you should only trust God. No, I trust God to do what I'm doing. But what manifesting is doing, at least, and this is my personal experience and belief, so like don't come for me. But what manifesting does is it aligns yourself with God saying, hey God, I believe that this is going to happen for me. I believe that this is what this is what I want. I've come to you. I believe it's possible. I believe you're going to make, you know, you're going to move mountains and it's going to happen. And so I'm going to speak on that every day in belief that that's, that's already happened. The best way to manifest is to speak as if it's already come to pass. And so I, I, I believe in manifesting and I believe in prayer and I believe doing them at the same time or doing them in conjunction one right after the other. Um, I think it's powerful. And so you're sitting there and you know Christmas is coming, right? 
but you don't really have a cool a like quite the the concept or quite the grasp of exactly what day is it that you get to open your present you know there's a present there and if you look under the tree there's a big present there's small presents there's different size presents under the tree all of which you've asked for all of the things you've asked for are under this Christmas tree, but like little kids, we can't wait to open them. I don't know if you've ever had a kid open a present before Christmas. I have. Like that's when I learned like don't wrap your presents before like too far out from Christmas because inevitably they will open one because they just can't wait. Mia has done that before. And so like never again, like I'm putting these presents under the tree like two days before Christmas. I'm gonna wrap them and leave them in my closet or wherever. Um and not only in my closet, like locked in a bin because my kids will go find these presents. I got to hide them under the bed. Like, <laughs> you know, kids will be kids. But it, it came to me that like, while I'm waiting for Christmas to come, while kids are waiting for Christmas to come and while we're waiting, you know, if we're using this metaphor for our Christmas to come when we can open one of our presents, the biggest present that we want, the biggest, our like biggest heart's desire for right now are we miserable? Are we being around? Are we walking around saying, God doesn't love me? Nothing ever good ever happens to me. And I was in that funky, junky, nasty era like last week, like like yesterday, like not that long ago where I've been like so frustrated and like so angry and so like, I'm going to believe, but like I, it's hard. And I've been like kind of stomping my feet about it. Just like a kid would throw a tantrum because they can't open their presents yet. That was me. But when you think about the holiday season and as we kind of like get ready to go that way, anyway, there's so much joy leading up to Christmas. There's Christmas caroling. There's baking cookies. There's, you know, going and seeing a nativity play. There is going to see the Christmas lights. There is pajama nights and nights with friends and Christmas crafts and hanging up ornaments and putting up the tree. Like there's so much good preparation that comes before Christmas. You don't angrily wait for Christmas to come. You joyfully get excited with anticipation for what you know is going to come. Christmas morning's going to come. But just like as kids, we can't really pinpoint when. And so if you're waiting for your Christmas day where you can open up your presents, so am I. And I have not been waiting happily. I have not been singing Christmas carols. I have not been putting up a tree. I have been like Ebenezer Scrooge, grumpy, angry, and frustrated. And all of that energy kind of surrounds you and it makes the waiting harder, right? There's people that say, play if until God opens the door, praise God in the hallway. Yeah. And sometimes that's a long hallway. Like if you're walking towards the door, maybe it's like a really long hallway. But it doesn't feel as bad if you have like your AirPods in or your headphones in. You're listening to your favorite songs, dancing a little bit. It makes the wait worth it. And so my encouragement to you and to myself, because honestly, I, I need to I need this pep talk is to wait and to anticipate with joy instead of with anxiety, instead of with depression. I mean, you can't control depression, like clinical depression. But, you know, instead of being so fixated on what that it has not happened yet and that it has not occurred and that you've been waiting, take joy in the fact that it's one day going to happen. And I have to flip my script. And now if you're dealing with something big and hard, because the things I'm waiting for are big in my life, they are very big in my life. But it's not life or death for me. So if you're waiting on something that's like really big, that's even harder to wait with with joy and faith and anticipation. I say try to fill your days. Don't 
what I was doing and what I don't want to do and what I don't want you to do and what I don't want anyone to do is to live for the weekend or to live for the next thing or to live for the next goal. What can I do today that'll make me happy? I'm somebody who loves like goals and plans and achievement. Like I'm a firstborn girl. I'm a high achiever. I think I'm a Enneagram type three. Like I'm like this, this person, right? Um, and if you don't know your Enneagram, go ahead and take the test. It's kind of fun. But um, I'm, I'm actually about to retake it to see if I'm still a three. But I realized that because the, the school day, the work week is what work. And it's, so it's like there's things I have to do. I don't necessarily want to wake up and do it at my job. Like I, I enjoy my job, but it's not like I like will, would miss it. Like if I if it was like an internal weekend, that would be great. Like I would be doing what I want to do. And I'm not somebody who gets bored like I'll go to Zumba. I'll write a book. Like if I don't have work to do, I I have other work I can do, um, or passion projects, but excuse me. Um, I lost my train of thought. Lost my train of thought. Anyway, if you're waiting on something big and hard, I'm just going to encourage you. Oh, Oh yeah. I know what I'm saying. So it's like, try to find joy in every day. If you can, and I've asked my kids this too, and sometimes they don't know, and as parents, it depends on your kids' personalities. I've said to them, like, what is one thing that we could do or you could have? Like, what's one thing that would make you happy today? And for Mia, she's like, oh, oh, I know if I could play Barbies or oh, oh, if I could see Gigi. And then sometimes she says, I don't know. And so I'm like, okay, well, what if we just go surprise, go get ice cream? Like, what if you plan something for yourself? to enjoy every day because there are parts of the day that like we don't all want to do but how can we make them more enjoyable maybe you know like for me I am an instructor so like um in my position I'm like teaching and leading and so on days like if I have to go into the building maybe I get myself Starbucks you know because I love Starbucks I'm a Starbucks kind of girl let me get myself Starbucks in like a little treat or something let me buy a new lip gloss so I can feel cute you know like let me get a cute face mask find something to make every day enjoyable whether it's like I'm going to take a bath and I'm going to save my favorite podcast and listen to it in the bath or I'm going to read a chapter of a book in the bath or I'm going to paint my nails today um one little thing and I'll tell you it's extremely hard with kids I'll the baby strapped to me I tried to lay him down I laid upstairs for 30 minutes trying to lay him down and I always get torn between do I spend more time trying to get the baby to sleep or do I hold the baby, strap the baby to me, he'll continue to sleep and I get things done. And that's how I do um, my life. But it is it does get frustrating when you're like, I just want to get something done. I just want a minute to breathe. I just want more than 10 minutes. Um, and at this point, Raphael's clingy. Like if he sees me, it's over. So even giving him to his dad, he'll hang out for 30 minutes and then he's done with me. I mean, then he's done with him. And so, um, yeah, it's just think about like the one things the something you can do every day that would make you happy and then just try waiting with anticipation and excitement over waiting with like fear that it's not going to come or fear that it's not going to happen um believe that you're at the part of the story you're supposed to be at if this is your if your life is a book this is the chapter you're supposed to be on 
and not every chapter in a book is good not every time not every time you read a book the main character is happy like harry and hermione and ron just had a great victory like yes no sometimes it's dark sometimes it's really dark sometimes it's scary sometimes it's really scary sometimes it's just day-to-day life we're just getting a summation of like what's going on that's just our lives so anyway i feel like i'm getting preachy i'm gonna stop but i'm just telling you that christmas tree metaphor like stick with that and know that your big present your big wants are coming they're coming and i have to keep telling myself it's coming but you gotta believe it's going to come at the right time and in the meantime that god's got you even if you can barely get up even if you can barely get dressed even if today the best you could do was to throw on some slippers and move from the bed to the couch like even if it's that hard god's got you in in the waiting in the waiting okay so one other thing i wanted to kind of talk about was marriage and so i am um celebrating my six-year wedding anniversary this weekend and we are actually not doing anything (laughs) because of money and because and mostly because honestly it's just a lot of factors but my son's birthday Elliot's birthday is the day after and so all of our time energy and focus has gone to his birthday party and it's fine and I and it's fine we'll do something nice together but we're gonna just you know postpone our wedding anniversary celebration we'll still like pop a bottle of champagne do a little cheers we really cheap champagne do a little cheers you know high five whatever if we did it another year but we're gonna what we're going to do instead, just because of the way circumstances are this year with inflation, like money has been like nothing like it's ever been in my life. Um, just like a little bit harder to juggle and manage, um, but not for long. Good things are coming. I We decided we're not going to go. We always go to the same restaurant for our anniversary. And then with the baby, like it's just like not going to work out like that on our anniversary this year. But that's okay. Um we're going to do instead a really cute holiday date. Um, there's days, you know, during winter break, the kids are out of school. My mom lives 20 minutes up the road. My grandma lives 30 minutes up the road. We can definitely drop the kids off during the day, which is honestly an easier date for me because in the evening, Rafi gets fussy. He wants to nurse and go to bed and has his routine. But like a three o'clock, four o'clock date is a great time because it gives us plenty of time before seven o'clock um, when it's bedtime. Um, and then by then, you know, Rafi will be eating more food. And so we're just going to do a really, really beautiful holiday date. And so I'm picking somewhere where there's like Christmas twinkly lights that we can walk around and like I can wear a really pretty dress and have like a cute coat draped on my shoulders with some heels. I want to get my hair and nails done for this. I might get my makeup done for this because I want to feel really beautiful. I might hire a photographer. Like, I don't know. I want a holiday date, but Something that we have decided to incorporate in our lives is if you have little babies or little kids, you know that you can easily get into the roommate stage of your relationship. And here's what I'll say about the roommate stage. People talk so badly about it, but sometimes it's a reality and sometimes it's a function and you can overcome it. I saw a post where it was this girl, a woman, and she was like, when you're finally, um, when your kids are finally old enough and you're out of the roommate stage, and it was just her and her husband doing all of these dates. And they were out and they were cute and she's like, everything's great. But those years when they were little, it was a lot harder. 
and I know there's a lot of self-help people out there telling you like, um, this or that, but, um, hold on. So something I came up with, and I'm not sure, like, if it was divided inspiration, TikTok, or a dream, but is to do with a challenge every week, and you can pick three challenge goals for the week. You can pick one challenge goal for the week, and you do it with your partner. And this is where we're going to, we're talking about marriage, so this is going to be real, it's going to be intimacy, it's going to be real, real, okay? Um, I know that sometimes we shy away from talking about, like, you know, intimacy and love and, you know, and sex and all that, but we're going to talk about it now. Um, intimacy can be like holding hands. It could be like kissing. It can be, you know, taking a shower together. It can be a lot of different things. And in the season of busy, especially with like all the things going on, I said, let's have a challenge. You pick something and I'll pick something that we want to do. And then maybe we'll pick a third thing that we both agree on. And the challenges can be like, do something nice for your spouse every day this week. So every day, like, find something nice to do. It could be, like, getting them their favorite cup of coffee. It could be, like, buying them, you know, a new pair of socks that they've been needing. It can be, you know, something that's intentional and nice, like bringing home flowers. Um, That was a challenge that we didn't do this week, but I might implement next week or something. It could be um, kiss each other every time you leave or enter a room so that every time you see each other, you're acknowledging each other. And some people do this already, but we don't. Like, we're busy, so, like doing that it can be hey let's take a shower twice this week together and have a moment to like debrief and we can wash each other's hair and like that's really intimate and so that's like if you do like little challenges sometimes we put like such big expectations on like we need to have a date we need to do this we need to do that but it's not always realistic with little people and honestly like babysitting and babysitters and money like sometimes just Making these little challenges for yourselves as a couple that you can do for the week is great. And, like, you know, some couples, like, play those little games that you can, like, roll the dice. And there's all these different types of couple games you can play. This is just really simple of, like, hey, it's Sunday or, hey, it's Monday. Let's pick our challenges for the week. And then you have something that you can do either daily or weekly or a couple times a week where you're acknowledging each other and just know that one day you might not need to make these little challenges, right? Like one day the kids will be big. One day you'll have time in the evening. One day you'll be able to go on a date. Like one day will come. But in the meantime, there's ways to make the in-between easier and also like enjoy the fact that you have babies. Um, I'm definitely worn out, burnt out and tired. Um, but I'm enjoying my little cuddles and when I can slow down and look at them, it feels really good. So like the other night when they were not going to bed, no matter how frustrating it was, it was also really, um, nice to, to, to cuddle with the kids and to see them giggle in the bed and to Elliot's like mom cuddles. And I never get to like cuddle in bed with him anymore because the baby's going to sleep. And so anyway, that's that. So as you all know, I'm a mama. I work, I work from home a lot. And so to be quite honest, there are a lot of times where I will be in sweats or pajama pants and have a blazer on the top and like party in the back when I'm teaching from home, especially like if, you know, it's kind of like crazy, but I will tell you a couple of things that I'm doing now to help my mental health, my day-to-day life. 
and um, just to help make things easier. So I already told you about the challenges I'm doing with my husband to kind of um, increase our intimacy to make this, you know, see each other more, touch each other more, look at each other more, be acknowledge, like acknowledge each other more. There's sometimes when you're married and like you're in the same space and you're just kind of like passing each other, doing different things where it's like, no, I, I chose you. I love you. Like, let me like look at you and be thankful for you. And so we're doing these challenges. This week's challenges, we decided to do um, shower together three times this week. Um, do, um, I'm blanked. What are the other two? shower together three times this week uh kiss each other every time we come in and out of the room and then our last one is to have one night where we stay up late and we um have some we do like a cuddle snack date so we'll get some snacks we'll watch a show that the kids don't can't watch i don't let them watch 911 um I, either of them i love that show because i feel like it can be a little gory or gruesome and so we might like watch 911 even if it's just like a 45 minute episode and then we go to bed like that that was our challenges for this week. I almost forgot. But um I told you all that I'm struggling because in the morning my hands are very full. I'm running around making breakfast. I'm running to make sure Mia's up for school and like laying her down. I'm running to make sure the clothes are laid out. I'm running to make sure I signed all the paperwork. I'm running and running and running and running. And I sometimes what I've realized is that I feel better when I take when I slow down take a few minutes and put myself together. I know so many mamas say this, but I'm telling you, if I specifically shower and I'm a twice a day shower or at least, or at, at, at like, I'll either shower once or twice a day. I don't not shower every day. Like I have to shower. Um, because the baby, I'm baby wearing the baby all day. And so then if I get sweaty and then he gets sweaty, then we're getting in the bathroom to shower. But I, decided that for my mental health because I've really been struggling and I realized I haven't been getting outside I've been so focused with work which is fine I have um just been completely overwhelmed and so what I decided to do was figure out ways to help me and so what I've done and also there's a lot of content I have to post and put out there and I haven't had time to to do it and I love to create content I love to record a video like I love to to spend time doing that I have a side project I'm doing with one of my um one of my best friends that is fitness related and so we're working on that we designated I think Tuesdays as our night to work on that um or our day to work on that or evening to work on that so we'll do that from like four to seven and then that gives us me time to like be physical and like work out I've decided to um, allocate time to do my content um, I've also decided that Monday through Friday, it's okay to have the same breakfast layout. So that means like if on Monday I do this, Tuesday I do that, Wednesday I do that, Thursday I do that, Friday I do that. I think that's fine because I found that like I try to mix it up a lot or like what works works and I don't want my kids to get too tired of something. So if they're eating it like once or twice a week, I think that they won't get tired of that in terms of breakfast. And so it's like if Monday we're having like Monday, we're having omelets, veggie sausage, yogurt, and fruit. Boom. Tuesday, we're having, you know, cinnamon waffles, um, cinnamon waffles, fruit, hash browns, and bacon, something like that. And so, like, every, so that way I can, like, know the night before 
I know exactly what I'm cooking on Monday. I know exactly what I'm cooking on Tuesday. I know exactly what I'm cooking on Wednesday. And I normally ask my kids in the morning, what do you want to eat? And they don't know. And since they don't know, they want me to make that decision for them. Valid. I'm the parent. I can make that decision. Now, when you're an adult, you got to figure it out. And that's hard for me to do to this day. But in the meantime, you're um, while you're little, I'm going to do that. Same with dinners. It's okay to write like a three-week menu. And you could do like a month menu if you wanted. I'm fine with three weeks because I feel like, you know, if I do one menu one week, I'm fine with cycling it. And then, and like, and then you, so you do like a three week menu. This is what I'm doing. Don't feel like doing four weeks for some reason. So I'm going to write my menu for dinner for the next three weeks, right? This is what we're having every single day for the next three weeks, including the weekends. I realize I don't meal prep on the weekends and then it's just, I don't. I don't know. We're just willy-nilly on the weekends. So I'm going to write out the menu. And then after two months, three months, switch it up. Throw in some new recipes um, so that my my mind has become seamless. Same with lunches. I'm fine with doing on Monday, eat this. On Tuesday, eat this. On Wednesday, eat this. On Thursday, eat this. If we have um, leftovers from dinner, it's fine to be like, okay, Tuesday is leftovers from dinner. Um, So I know that I had made fajitas. Today is taco salad for lunch. Things like that. So simplifying my life by really getting on top of organizing. What am I eating? What am I having? What am I doing? Um, And I think that is going to be helpful for me. And so we have the couples challenge. Also just having a night routine where I, I'm going to set my in bed time to 10 o'clock, which is a little bit late for me. But what that means is that at 7.30, I want to put the baby to sleep. By 8.30, I would like to be up and I would like to come downstairs and do an evening routine of, you know, from 8.30 to 9.00, I'm putting away, I'm setting up the next day from 9.30, I mean, from 9.00 to 9.30, I can go ahead and have a little bit of um, time to clean up um, and to do something nice for myself. So whether that's a face mask and a glass of wine, whether that's, you know, um, painting my nails, and then from 9.30 to 10.00, I would like to spend that time um, reading the Bible and praying and kind of making some intentional time, winding down my mind, and then at 10 o'clock, I'm going to go to bed, and then that's going to be my new routine. Um, while I clean up, I can be watching shows while I'm doing, while or listening to my favorite podcast, you know, between the time that I'm laying out stuff and stuff like that, but like little things to help my mood too. I also love to shower in the morning. I feel really good if I shower in the morning. I don't always get the chance to. I always shower at night, though, because I feel like you can't get to bed dirty. Um, but at least on the days that I have to to teach my class, my goal is to wake up, shower in the morning, put on my skincare. And so doing those little things, I think, can be really, really helpful and beneficial. And you can, you know, start to feel good about yourself. Um the other thing I'm doing literally today, tomorrow and the rest of the weekend is going through my closet and reorganizing it. Whenever I put away my clothes, and I've always done this for the past couple of years, I don't put away like here are all my t-shirts, here are all my jeans, here are all my dresses, or here are all my tank tops, here are all my jackets. I don't do that. I literally put my clothes away in outfits. So it's like these jeans, this tank top, this sweatshirt outfit. It's like, um, you know, these yoga pants, this top, this zip up jacket outfit, 
workout outfits and so like when I have to because as a mom you have to kind of grab and go and I like whenever I shop for things I shop with outfits in mind like in my head I already have two or three outfits I can wear with a certain piece of clothing like I'm clothe like I'm fashion focused and so um and not necessarily not to say that I'm like a crazy stylish but just to say like when it comes to clothes, I feel like I'm pretty good at clothes, actually. Um, and I just like to already have outfits in my head. I never want to be digging through my closet like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to wear. Um, no, I like to be able to just grab and go and then still feel cute. And so I'm. we just caught up on so much laundry and our cleaning person comes tomorrow. If that sounds bougie and you don't have a cleaning person... This is a once a month clean for me. If I was actually rich, I'd have a once a day clean housekeeper. But I have a once a month housekeeper. And what I love is that she, because I'm a busy mom, and this is like the best Christmas gift if you do not have a housekeeper or if you have never had your house professionally cleaned by someone else, put that on your list because it's a game changer. Like you know that you're going to wake up that morning and that the dishes don't get done, she's going to do them. The floor is going to be vacuumed. Everything's going to be swept and mopped. Bathrooms are going to be spotless. Beds are going to be made. Like, at the end of the day tomorrow, I'm going to sleep so well knowing my house is clean. And I'm going to put on a face mask. I'm going to put on a movie. And I'm going to have a glass of wine. And it's going to be absolutely glorious. And I cannot wait. Um, actually, I can't do any of that because Ethan has basketball. So I have to figure out... Um, how my kids are going to go to bed again, but I've already decided to make a cute camp out situation for Friday night um, because it's Friday night. But anyway, so that's kind of how I'm elevating my life is just like adding some structure. I haven't had time to like sit down and plan or sit down and write everything out, but now I kind of do. So my, my goal now is to make sure that I'm doing that. And then also make sure you're getting outside. Um, Ethan has, when he's home, he, he'll take the kids to and from school. And I didn't realize like even just that drive, like breathing in the fresh air, even if it's for 10 minutes is helpful. And so I'm trying to get outside for like 30 minutes a day, sit on the porch, go for a loop around the neighborhood, um, to just help your mental health. Cause once winter comes, I always get depressed and I realize I noticed that I was starting to kind of fall into a depression because I've been inside too much. Um, that means I have to add Zumba into my life. The other thing that I do that I haven't been able to do because of like sickness and different things, but I got to do last night is like weekly dinners with my favorite mom friend. Um, her husband, you know, travels for work. My husband has basketball. And so what we like to do is if we can, and what we did yesterday, she came to my house, the kids had McDonald's, I cooked for us. We caught up on our one of our favorite shows, um, and Ethan actually took the kids to the basement to play because he came home from work, and that allows us to kind of have a break and to get through the witching hour, which is like any time. Honestly, for me, it's like from five to bedtime, like five to eight is like the witching hour, and it's like the hardest hours to get through, um, and so I want to do that as well, and um, then that gives you something to look forward to on a Tuesday, so again... Try to find joy in every day. Try to find ways to make your life easier and also find time to fill your cup within your day. Even though going to bed and laying in bed and like decompressing by watching TV at seven o'clock and then falling asleep is good, you know, on days where I absolutely can't 
I really need to push myself to, you know, you know, put the baby to sleep and then get up and go take care of your, your skin, your hair, like make sure you're taking your vitamins, make sure you're, um, you know, setting up for the day, all that stuff. So I'm going to go because it's Elliot's birthday this weekend. Oh, let me tell you about Elliot's birthday. So we're throwing him a Mario party. He's obsessed with Super Mario. Um, and at first I was like going to do it at Chuck E. Cheese. And I was going to do it at this indoor playground. And then I was like, maybe I'll do it at a park and invite his class. And I decided, no, we're just going to invite friends and family. We're going to go over to my mom's house. Um, I have some cute activities. He's only turning three. So all the kids are like five and under. It's only four kids. So it's like not that crazy. Family will still be there to sing to him and give him presents. We're going to do a Yoshi egg hunt. So I got these white eggs and these green like circle stickers. And I'm going to put different Mario kind of things in there. And so they're going to go on a hunt. I got chocolate coins because, you know, Mario, you get those coins. And so they're going to do this Yoshi egg hunt. I have, um, that's, I have, I bought him this big inflatable jump thing he can get inside of, but it has like a basketball hoop. You know, those arcade games with the basketball, it's like that, but like you get inside it and it's jumpable, like you can jump in it. So I got him this big giant thing to play in. We got him the mustache on Mario, um, which will be cute. And honestly, the kids are just going to want to play with each other. And so also just giving them time, space and room to do that, um, and it's going to be like a low-key party. At first, I was going to go crazy hard like I did for Mia's birthday this year. Um, but three is different. For Mia's third birthday, it was really low-key, too. Like, we were in Delaware. Um, we always vacation near her birthday. We were in Delaware near the beach, and we just brought her cake and presents the first day we arrived. And then the year before that, we were in Myrtle Beach. And then the year before that, we were that was Delaware, I think. Yeah, because she was three. And then Myrtle Beach was four. She had a party for five. And then we went to Massanutten. So that's what we're doing for Elliot's birthday. And I'll be sure to post pictures. And I got some cute Mario stuff from Timu. And I, I don't know if you guys are like, is Timu real? Is it legit? Like, no, it's legit. It takes a while. If you use Shein, it's just like Shein. Um, Shein, some people call it Shein. I heard some Gen Zs call it Shein. And I was like, I've been shopping at Shein because she's in it like since college so like since 2012 it's called Shein. okay anyway have a great week take care of yourself do something nice for yourself this week i'll talk to you all next week god bless no stress bye